It's Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. Donald Trump, in another sad attempt to court religious zealots, claims he will sign an executive order banning afterbirth abortions, although no such medical procedure exists. Trump's support should come as no surprise considering that his son, Eric, is still walking the earth. Speaking of walking abortions, a New York state judge has ordered Eric Trump to testify before October 7th in New York's investigation into his father's company. The younger Trump son originally requested to put off his testimony until after the election, claiming a busy schedule. This didn't hold water with the judge as he must have realized that it only takes a Trump a short while to lie to prosecutors. In his latest, at his latest Corona Palooza rally event, Trump told his adoring fans that he did more for the U.S. in 47 months than Joe Biden did in 47 years. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about body count, then sure. Predictably, after Cindy McCain announced that she would be supporting Joe Biden for president, Trump attacked her, proving that along with not liking heroes who got captured, he's also not a fan of their widows either. The U.S. Senate couldn't pass a resolution honoring the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg due to a partisan fight over the wording. At this point, why even bother? Uh, Pushing through a character from The Handmaid's Tale to replace RBG says everything Americans need to know about how you're honoring her. Dr. Deborah Burks has told friends and co-workers that she's distressed with her diminishing role in the White House Coronavirus Task Force and might leave her position. Besides that, book deals for ex-Trump lackeys pay so much better. New York's Metropolitan Transit Association is officially banning pooping on New York City subways and buses. Up until now, it was pretty much a gentleman's agreement. Mars, the maker of Uncle Ben's Rice, has dropped Uncle from the name due to its racial overtones and will now call the product Original Ben's Rice. Taking Uncle out of the name due to racism is like how COVID is taking your racist, Trump-loving uncle out of this year's Thanksgiving plans. Reese's is releasing new peanut butter cups filled with pretzels. As part of the new snacks marketing campaign, the actual slogan is the hell with it it's 2020 which is fitting since that's exactly what i said when i ate 20 of them the family of don lewis is suing carol baskin for allegedly taking part in dancing with the stars jokes about her ex-husband's disappearance sure the jokes were in bad taste but then again those tigers might say the same thing about don now let's send it over to tonight's tmi daily cast and crew roundtable Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Yellow, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Hollywood family. Later on in the show, we're going to be joined by the host of the podcast, Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast with Corey Mosley. So Corey will be joining us shortly. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or their streaming service of their choice. Let's start with you, Pete. Okay, it's day three. I'm planning on not saying anything bad about Catholics today. <laughs> promise. Good. Okay. Joe. I, I'm in Portland. It is total anarchy. Uh, Voodoo Donuts is out of maple bacon uh, bars, 
and at least two breweries are doing takeout only. It's total chaos. Oh my God, it's going to hell. <laughs> Elizabeth. Uh, how's it going, uh, Justice? So it was denied today for Brianna Taylor, but keep fighting in those streets. But don't get arrested because you will get more time than the cops that actually killed her. So be careful and be safe. Ian. Hey, uh, I'm nearsighted, but these make me look smart, so I'm going to wear them anyway. Emma? Hey, y'all. I don't have a joke. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> one of those days. It's one of those days. Yeah. And Matthew. Hi, I'm Matthew Marcy. Follow me at Matthew.Marcy at Instagram, and let's get at this, guys. Okay, so let's get started. Let's start tonight's show with just one question, where I take stories from the top of the show, and I ask you one question about them. Cindy McCain came out in support of Joe Biden for president yesterday. My question to you all is, if he were alive, do you think John McCain would be supporting Biden as well? Joe? Yes. Okay. Wow. I'm going to have Joe. Matt, go ahead. I mean, the guy literally came out to just do a thumbs down for the whole health care thing. So, yeah, no, he's, he's totally pro-Biden. I would imagine. Uh, Emma? I don't know. Like, he he usually stuck with the Republican line for so long. And, of course, he was one of the few Republicans to really speak out against Trump for a while. Mm -hmm. But he also was pretty good about, like, sticking with the party. Um, so, mm -hmm. like, listen, I think he would disagree with Trump on some major things. But would he go as far as publicly supporting Biden? I don't know. He might pull a Mitt Romney on that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair I'm going to agree wholeheartedly with with what Emma just said, because I, I mean, I think I think the fact that uh, that at the very end, John McCain, you know, decided to help not destroy uh, uh, Obamacare has some people thinking that he was like this this great savior of the of the, the uh, Senate. But the reality of it was, yes, he was a, a war hero and there's nothing you could ever take away from that. But but prior to all that, you know, years and years ago, he was a very staunch Republican conservative. I, I mean, he was he was like ultra conservative. The only right. No, yeah. Was, Death makes you more empathetic for sure. Yeah. But it, no. But, you know, at the same time, you know, like like Emma was saying, he stuck the party line very, very yeah. strongly. And 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 you know what? You, you wonder to yourself how much about about this endorsement was because it was the right thing to do and how much of it was because Trump just continually shit on McCain before his death and after his death. Mm -hmm. I have you a know, question. So like, so like it's his is slob this... daughter still has hasn't come out and endorsed anybody yet, and 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 she probably won't. I, I call her that all the time, and so I'm okay with that. So what did you, you call her? She well, I called Megan McCain a slob because she's a slob, and she just is. Because I just imagine she sits there at night with a gun and Twinkies, and that's all, and watches Fox News just continually. That's all she does. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, for what it's worth, I served her once when I uh, worked at a restaurant in New York, and I'm not sure I'd call her a slob. I would call her a bad tipper, but you know, oh, uh, that's worse. That's worse. Yeah. That's worse. That's worse than a slob. Yeah, my daily exclusive: Megan McCain Dude. is a bad tipper. Bad tipper. You heard it here first. Breaking so news. CNN. I mean, and I think and I think Megan McCain will definitely not come out and endorse Biden, even if she was, you know, planning on voting for him because of the husband. You know, she's married yeah, to that. Yeah, he's nuts. He's a slob, too, that guy, by the way. Yeah. How is she going to go against her? And a bad tipper, I heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he doesn't tip at all. <laughs> okay. 
So Dr. Deborah Burks is considering leaving the coronavirus task force. My question is, we lost 200,000 plus people while she's been a part of the task force. Would her leaving make any real difference? I'm no. No, because hey, everyone else is struggling to say Hold on, I'm sorry. Elizabeth, can you start over again? I can hear you. Yeah, I raised my hand first. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> I can't see everybody. What are the flies, <laughs> Peter? Damn it. No, um, I mean, everybody, I think, kind of simultaneously shrugged at the same time, though. It's like, no, she's not going to have any impact because as uh, the task force has done fuck all for anybody. 200,000 people are dead. Cities keep reopening. There's no plan. They threw 1,200 bucks at people and said, good luck. And that that was it. Meanwhile, like other countries get to open up and hang out and we're all like, you know, punching each other in the face over whether or not to wear a mask. It's her. Mm-hmm. She has less than zero impact on anything. But her scarf game was on point. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, does 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 the entire um, stupid task force do anything? It just seems like they're not they're they're not even in charge of anything. Nobody's listening to them. And yeah. then, like obviously, like we had all this money that we gave to the Pentagon. So that they can uh, build up and get us uh, PPE and masks and stuff like that, and they turned around and spent that on jet engines. Yeah, like they didn't even spend it on what they were supposed to spend it on. Very, very good. One, jet what engines, was it? A billion dollars, I think it was. It was a billion fucking yeah, dollars. Billion, billion dollars, dollars that was supposed to be spent on PPE, yeah. so that we can get our stockpiles up, and uh, we instead spent it on jet engines and you I think can, something else. But we you didn't can go spend to the moon with those engines. Joe. So, so it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. It's it, it doesn't matter. Like and you, they, you know, go by state to state. And they blocked they blocked the post office sending people masks in the beginning. They want you dead, man. They fucking don't oh, wait, wait, care. That's, that's, Unless... Biden, that's Biden's fault. <laughs> oh, it's somehow it? or another. Remember? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think I it's the fault. But they, but Biden didn't do it. So, oh right, I forgot Biden's he was fault. in charge. <laughs> yeah, no, but he... I don't know how he he was he was supposed to be in his basement just like licking <laughs> envelopes, man. Oh, <laughs> no, but unless you've got right. money. They want you dead. They don't give a fuck about what happens to you. And that's, that's and I need more people to get on board with that. Realization. I'm screwed then because I have yeah, I'm screwed no too. money. Oh, I don't think anyone on this panel is. No, we are all dead. Right. They they want us. They don't we're give all, a, a shit about any of us. Yeah, we are all uh, we in for it. The real, the real danger right now. Sure, because because it's half fine. of us want to be successful writers in Hollywood, which means we still won't have any money. Well, except for Ian. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows that uh, Ian's loaded like a motherfucker. Yeah, so Ian's got Ian, Ian's driving around in this big old fancy Genesis with leather and shit. I mean, you know he's, he's, got, been, he's got the glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emma, what were you saying? No, I mean, listen, we all kind of covered the point that, like, is Deborah Burks or anyone on the task force really doing much in the White House? No, Trump does Trump all the time. Of course, they weren't doing jack shit. The only person who has made like a, an impact on anybody is uh, Dr. Fauci, and that's because he went ahead and made himself a celebrity. So people actually pay attention to what he says because he memes and stuff too. Um, so, you know, if she wants to go do that, she can do that, but she doesn't have to be part of the White House to do it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think like really quick, Pete, before I go to you, I mean, I think it doesn't matter who it is, if it's, you know, Burks or if it's Fauci. Either way, when you're dealing with a toddler, <laughs> in charge you know i mean does it really matter he's gonna go against you know i mean he's how many times has he gone against you know what they've said so i don't think it really makes a difference you know who stays and who leaves um because i have a hard time trusting anybody there to be honest pete 
I mean, to expand on what you just said, it's it's not how many times has he gone against what somebody said. It's how many times has he gone against something somebody said just today. You know, I, I mean, it's 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 not it's every day. And, and and in a way, I'm kind of looking at this from another angle. I think she she would do the, the country a service if she quit, because then there'd be nobody stopping her from saying exactly what she thought. You know, because because right now as an employee, she's she's under some some set of rules that she can't open her mouth and say anything. And, you know, and, 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 and sure, she'd just be another person that they would call a disgruntled former employee. But and Trump will say he really hardly knew her. Yeah, hardly knew her. Yeah, we know. He'll, but but the thing is, it's it's that old saying death by a thousand dagger stabs because. You know, Trump keeps keeps getting hit by another person, another person who was in the room with him for long periods of time. And, and it has to keep resonating more and more with people. And that's and that's, you know, let her leave because then she'll she'll become another person that will be telling us exactly what was going on in those rooms when he was telling people, oh, yeah, I'm glad this happened because now I don't have to shake any of those 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 disgusting people's hands. Come on, Peter, you know that he downplayed it so he could upplay it. He said that. Right. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, it, it's it's just all it's 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 we're we're at over two hundred thousand deaths, and the fact that that he's even remotely in the race still just kind of goes to show you how fucking stupid eighty percent of this country is. Because because I know eighty percent isn't going to vote for him, but but the forty percent that'll vote for him plus forty percent that's still not blaming him for almost all of this mess. That's 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 the problem with the country. We, we, we just have the dumbest people on earth living in this country. Um, Matt? Uh, well, I, I, I agree to an extent with what Peter just said, but at the same time, um, I, I, I think that Trump is one of the best politicians that we've had in, ever. And, and I say that in terms of like being able to turn the pot to his advantage and you know make everything teflon done type of shit um it, it, <laughs> it's not true though that he's not a politician what he's doing it doesn't make him a politician it no, just I'm, makes talk, him a really I'm not saying he's a good I'm, I'm not saying he's a good politician i'm saying he's using all of the bad you know tools of being a, polit a, a grimy politician but he's able to do that to his advantage and, is it though? Uh, I mean, other than yes. winning the election, what advantage has he gotten? He's been impeached. Like, he's been discredited. The, the, he's, we're, we're a joke on the world stage. I mean, and yet, what, what is and, and there's what? no fucking wall that Mexico paid for. So, so and, what has yeah. he done that that he that's to his advantage? He, he's really and good. And that's at what the, makes him a arena. good politician. He hasn't done jack shit, and his base still loves him. Yeah, but that but you could say the same thing about about the band Winger. I mean, if they went out and did a did a tour, I think you could probably find people to go watch that too. Okay, and that doesn't wait, make wait, the wait, forty-one percent though, Peter. Who, who's opening for Winger? Oh, yeah, who's opening? Sucks. No, wait, who's opening for them? I think Striper, the, the Christian rock band. Right. <laughs> oh, here we go, making fun of the Catholics again. No, oh, no, those are Christians. That's no, he said Christ. Christians this time. Matt. Yeah. Just, just to show you, who was the other person who had the nickname Teflon Don? Oh, God damn it. I don't, in politics? No. <laughs> this is the point I'm making why that's that's probably an apropos nickname. Yeah, because it was, it was Gotti, and Gotti yeah, went to yeah. fucking prison and God, died. It was Gotti. And that's, and that's hopefully where Trump is going to end up. Look, look, when Trump was running for president, like, like when I knew he was going to win was when he basically told the Pope to shut the fuck up. And Republicans, we were like, yeah, 
Pope, shut the fuck up. And I was like, holy shit, like that's never happened before ever. He's going to fucking win this thing and he's going to be able to tell whatever the fuck he needs to say to get him through whatever he needs to get through. And people are going to like praise his fucking yeah, but, footsteps. But that's but those days are over, though, because no, they're not. That, that, and, you see, but that's but you're, you're wrong there in the sense of he got away with that before because he had no record to run on. Now he's got 200,000 reasons why people people should realize how incompetent he is as a leader. But, like, but there's know, nobody's. He, it affects nobody. He's doing what 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 Reagan has talked about. I believe it was Reagan. Reagan said, like, in, in order, hold on, hold on. In order for you to get something through the people, you need to say it at least nine times. They need to hear it at least nine times. Trump could be talking bullshit but he will say it over and over and over and over again. And so, you know, the majority of his base, that's why they believe him. That's why they fight with him is because they hear it. They're being brainwashed literally over and over and over in his base. I think his base, his base is literally the lowest common denominator of our country. I mean, the, the lowest educated, lowest, that low, lowest income people. I mean, when, when he loses, his base essentially becomes worth like as as worthless as they were before him because because the reason why he won was because for generations people people took that base for granted and just ignored them he mm-hmm. said oh no I'll, I'll i'll make believe that i actually care about these people and then and then they'll buy into all my bullshit hey i was on tv and they own tvs maybe not cable but they own tvs and right. that's the whole thing i mean once he's out of office the reason why they're going to fight so hard to keep him in office is because they realize it's it's like the Andy warhol 15 minutes of fame thing he comes goes out of office they no longer matter again and, and they'll never matter again, even to the Republicans, because the Republicans are scared to death of those people. So I, I just want to say something before I go to you, Emma, because I know you want to say something as well. And I want to piggyback a little bit off of what Pete was saying. And he, you know, he's absolutely right. I, I made the mistake yesterday of watching part of that rally that he did yesterday. And it was just, I mean, he was like doing a stand-up comedy routine. It was, And I look at the people that they have at these rallies and I asked myself, do you honestly think this guy would even like give a fuck about you if he saw you walking down the street? Of course not. They put all the people with the Trump masks right behind him so you could see that people are wearing masks. But then you look towards the back and nobody's wearing a mask. But of course, you know, they want to protect him. So they put all the people, you know, that, that have masks in the front. And just, I mean, he was unhinged. In a, in, a, in a different way than I mean, that I, I mean, I know it's like, it's impossible for us to say, oh, he was out of, he's, he's always out of control. Yes, he is. But yesterday, just watching him, you know, I mean, still mocking wearing, you know, Joe Biden wearing a mask. I don't care who he's mocking, whether it's Joe Biden, whether it's one of his supporters, I don't care who it is, still mocking the fact that he's wearing a mask. What did he pay for plastic surgery for? I mean, it was just like, that's what he said. I'm like, what plastic surgery? You know, just well, I mean, he creates a lie and then and then insults somebody about doing the right thing. It's, and and his it, supporters won't watch that. They'll watch what they want to watch. And it doesn't matter about his supporters. These supporters, like his hardcore base, they're risking their lives to be in a room or yeah. to be there to see him. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I'm like, you know what? I I've got you know I love my new kids on the block, but I would not be you know risking my life if they were somewhere. Well, but you know, all, I mean, yeah, there's like you know there's bait there's there's fandom there's you know you have this like affinity towards certain people, but to risk your life 
to see that guy. I mean, yeah, well, his so fans are all on hydroxychloroquine, so they're good, you know. I could not, and I'm like, and I wonder, you know, how many of you would be invited to go, you know, to one of his, to be a member of one of his country clubs, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I just, I'm sorry, but it was just, no, yeah. it, it blows my mind. Emma, and then I want to move on because my blood pressure goes up every time I talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be the uh, the diplomat right now, but I think there's actually merit to parts of both arguments there. Um, I don't think Trump is a great politician because the dirty side of politics is two politicians meeting in a back room and making a decision without the people's consent. That's the dirty side of politics, and Trump can't get that done. He is, however, an excellent uh, public figure. He can get people to support him. Uh, like a week ago or so, Matt, you brought up the idea of he's the leader of that side's team, and we are all like so dedicated to our teams now. And uh, Peter, you said that like, he's the only person to have spoken to his base in a very long time. It's likely that nobody else will for a long time. So like there was a team of those people and he is the leader of it. And like, they know that he's the only person who they can even perceive as being truly in their corner. Even if that's not entirely factually accurate, like that's, it it looks that way and that's the easiest way for them to perceive it. Yeah, Uh, That's exactly what I was thinking. Thank you, Emma. I do give him credit that he does that very well. So I will give him credit for that. Listen, so. you guys, you guys, I think that we need to protect ourselves and be armed. After the show, I'm going to Costco and buying a whole bunch of cans of tuna. I'm buying toilet paper for me. Toilet paper all the way. <laughs> so all, are you all said you all got plenty of tuna? So we gotta be able to throw that that stuff when we're ready to go. Perfect size and weight. Somebody tweeted, clearly his father threw cans of tuna at him. What the hell is that all about? That's such a really specific, specifically bumblebee tuna. Yeah, it's like a very like, specific. Starkist got, Starkist got like, off clean. It was like yeah. bumblebee. You, and it you was guys. chunk tuna. It wasn't even bumblebee solid. Fresh. Okay, so I want to wait. nothing with the star. <laughs> so the family of Don Lewis is suing Carol Baskin for joking about her husband's disappearance on Dancing with the Stars. So my question is, if the ratings stay as good as they've been, do you think ABC should consider OJ for next year's show ah! since he was never convicted of murder either? Yes, he would kill. Elizabeth? Yeah, I actually I watched it last night because it is one of the... Uh, I can't explain it, but I've always liked watching it. <laughs> I'm watching it this season, too. Um, first of all, Tyra Banks is a terrible host. Oh, my God. Bring back Tom Bergeron. Oh, I know. For the love I'm of not watching it. God. Yes. Oh, she's so bad at it. Anyway. Tom Badger back is the he like She clearly does, know, does not know, like, anything about anything, anything. going on. That no, part. no. It's about really anything. important to watch her. It's so bad, and they made and they made everybody do her stupid smize bit in the beginning. I was like, no, 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 this is not her show. Tom knew to stay out of things. He just was there to guide you through it, hold your hand for the two hours, take you through to the end. Anyway, but the Carol Baskin bit, so um, they're keeping her as long as they possibly can Why because you? well, because of ratings, man. Because and it's so insane that her little pre-dance package where they show rehearsal and stuff she was in tears people are picking on her and this is her chance to show that she's not like what anybody thinks and da 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 (laughs) and then she got hands down and they made bruno tonioli tonioli even made fun of it she got the most elaborate set out of fucking anybody she had this like 
gold chandelier like venetian ballroom staircase thing with one of the last ones to perform too yeah so you gotta stick through if you want to watch her exactly and then yeah she was in the bottom two surprise surprise it was hurt down to her and the nice nba player guy who i I frankly don't know but i don't know sports so that's that's just me and um somebody voted to to save the nba guy and i was like oh he's they're doing a tiebreaker and it's, it's gonna be fucking that bitch carol baskin and it was and yeah there's i was i could tell you know i don't care what they say producers are in those judges ears saying two of you gotta pick her i don't care who which two of you do it <laughs> no that's definitely their strategy so i used to love watching dancing with the stars yeah really? and i haven't seen it in years the last season i saw was when joey mcintyre was on so this season is so good i mean i'm so invested mm-hmm. in it because i think the dancers are great i love Neve shulman Neve, yeah, he's so good. I think I, I love watching him, and then Nelly too. Like I'm just enjoying yeah. watching the dancing. Just, but then, just uh, Mich- is it Michelle or Mikado? Yeah, they're all they're all really good. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. Um, the only crime I think that's happening though, like you said, is having Tyra Bay. I can't stomach her. I think she's the most obnoxious. Bring person. back Tom Bergeron. Bring yeah, back yeah. Tom Bergeron. Yeah, we definitely Tom do. Badger back. I know what you're saying about Carol Baskin, but when did she make fun of Pete? This question that I that I just asked. Uh, that I don't. I, did I miss that Elizabeth last night? On the I know. I she, no, because last night was all sob story. What was her? Yeah, she said she talked to her daughters about yeah. it. Yeah. Like to cry. This is the first she might. She I might have made fun of it uh, in between last week and this oh, okay. week, but. But I didn't catch that moment. But yeah. you know, yeah, yeah I, I have no idea. Over I, I just head. read. I just read the stories. I don't know why. Yeah. They exist. No, I just, I just wanted to make sure, like, I didn't miss anything because I watched yeah. it last night too. So, um, yes, Joe. Hey, uh, maybe we should cast next season. So we got OJ. We can get Robert Blake. Uh, <laughs> Robert Wagner would be really great because we can yeah. keep asking about where Natalie was. Guilty season. I'm trying to think of some other really good criminals. Hey, how about, about the, how about the cops from Brianna Taylor? Um, yeah. Brianna Taylor. Uh, I don't know about that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> those guys. I'll wait a couple seasons for that. Yeah, yeah. that's a little too yeah. soon. A little too fresh. I don't know. Also, I think we're looking for some for semi celebrities too. So, you know. Well, I have to say though, this season, it's a good cast. I'm really Yeah, I it. like it. sucks because I oh, really Tanya like Tanya Harding. We can get Tanya Harding. <laughs> yeah. She was on already, wasn't she? Nancy Kerrigan was on. Oh, so I thought, I thought Tanya Harding was on for some reason. I, you know, awesome. Yeah, I'm so torn because I really like the majority of the celebrity lineup. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm still stuck with thinking Carol Baskin, but they've had other people that you're like, uh, like Steve O. I, uh, I, I, I didn't. Have, I kind of like Steve O. I like oh, Steve O. Maybe, right. maybe a little Vince Neil. But uh, uh, friend killed in the car crash. Uh, uh, you know, we, we can come up with a bunch of people, a bunch of celebrities, all with with some sort of. But uh, they've had, as I say, they've had other shit, shits like uh, Geraldo Rivera, uh, Tucker Carlson. Like, I, I want to. But see they a got doggy. voted out so early, and that yeah. and because no one liked them, and they did. And Sean Spicer, how can I forget Sean Spicer? That was another one they kept around in the last oh, without, year or so, way yeah, too long the, again for but, ratings. So want, when the judges start disappearing, you'll see that they'll stick around for a while. <laughs> I want to see an air bud. Len Goodman, Len Goodman went to went back home to England because he, he knew what home. was up, man. He he had to yeah. get out of there for his safety. Are you sure he went to England? 
Because what if it's all pre-recorded? <laughs> I want to see like an Air Bud dancing with the stars where like they're just dancing with different types of animals. Air Bud would win. Yeah. That's a, you can't get an Air Bud. Automatic winner. Yeah, there's no the, rules well, no for Air Bud. It says you can't. I know, the perfect I film for this day and age. Damn it. I could talk to Anthony about the stars for like a while, but I also like Derek as a judge, Elizabeth. Do you like Derek Hopp as a judge? I, uh, really... I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Hope our audience listens to Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> See, when we tweet this out, hashtag DWTS, we're well, We're all over them tonight. We're all huh? over it. <laughs> Woo! Look at us. So, New York's transit, so, New York's Transit Authority is moving to make it illegal to poop on New York City's trains and buses. What the My fuck? question is. Am I the only one who didn't know it wasn't it wasn't already illegal to take a crap on? <laughs> no, I thought it was illegal. How did they legal like make you not have make you have to carry your dog in a bag before okay. they this eliminated makes, shitting on a train? This makes total sense why I did not get harassed by the police on a train in Chicago. Uh, yeah. Take a poop. <laughs> I mean, anybody who spent time in New York subway realizes there's no place to go to the bathroom anywhere within like a five mile radius. You got to do what you got to do. You're on the fucking subway all day. You got to take shit. You take shit. I mean, listen, I thought it was illegal, but I thought it was illegal the way that like jaywalking was illegal. Where like (laughs) it is, but like it isn't. Like, eh. I also threw out there that like there is technically a rule that you have to carry your dog in a bag. But like that is such a lax rule. I have seen people walking onto the subway with Great Danes in Ikea bags. And technically that's legal. I thought you said dog and bag, like like they had to bag their own shit or something. Oh, the shit? That should at least be part I mean, of the law. They're like, I got it. Don't worry. I'm here. It's all here. I had a light <laughs> breakfast. Oh. oh, no. Not a lot of fiber today. Yeah. Oh, no. But it's all in there. Glad sealed okay. and all. <laughs> so with the pandemic continuing to keep many Americans unemployed or working from home, there has been multiple reports claiming that citizens are considering changing their careers once the crisis ends. If you are amongst that group and are want- wondering about creating a business for yourself, our guest tonight, Corey Mosley, is someone you might want to listen to. And he is not only, and he, excuse me, as he not only was a corporate consultant for both small businesses and Fortune 500 companies. Upon leaving the corporate world, he formed the Fearless Entrepreneurship Society, which he says is the most comprehensive business growth support system for entrepreneurs on the planet. Please welcome our guest, Corey Mosley. Corey, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Thank you. You are a lively bunch. I have been I have been listening since this thing started. I, I don't even know where to get in, get on, get off. I don't, I don't, I'm just ready to roll. I apologize, Corey. I'm really sorry about that. I know. I'm sorry we talked about pooping on trains right before you can yeah just so yeah. you know that the uh the, the the everything that's expressed here is not necessarily the uh <laughs> we're actually i can't nice even people. say it anymore i say it so much i can't even say it anymore we're very nice people i swear well no I, it, it sounds like that it's almost i didn't know what i was getting in i said well let me check this out a little bit and i and i looked and said I know. what about booked for tonight to do <laughs> Yeah, you know, we talked about pooping on trains, politics, and now yeah. we're talking to you. you know, so there you go. The basics. Hey, there you go. Because now you, so anyone who looks wants to start a business about cleaning up poop on New York subways, he's the man to talk to. <laughs> so, Corey, I have a few questions for you, and then I'm going to open it up to the panel to see if they have any questions for you. All right. You got so, it. Before, 
going into discussing entrepreneurship, do yep. you mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself and your work history, um, since you have worked with so many fairly illustrious com companies? Yeah, so I mean, I, I've been working with business owners or businesses uh, for probably almost 20 years. Um, I'm one of those people that um, Les Brown says wasn't mentally fit to work for somebody else, ultimately, as he likes to refer to it. But I went basically straight out of high school. I went into the auto industry. So I decided to skip college. Uh, I went to one of these super smart high schools and then realized I didn't really want to be super smart in the academic sense of the word. Um, so I went into the automotive industry. And what I was able to do in that industry is I came at a time in the late 90s when this thing called the internet was coming along and we had these online services, this idea that you could buy a car online. And um, I came into that part of the business, got really good at it, and then turn, turn, basically turned that into a consultancy opportunity. And you know, my greatest advantage was simply catching something early, having a knowledge base, and then being able to now commoditize that ultimately. So I spent several years in that industry working with automotive dealers uh, and working with several Fortune 500s. Volkswagen became my client, Audi, Mercedes-Benz. Um, so it was a very unique opportunity for this 20-something to, uh, to serve this audience and to have information that you know other people didn't have in that traditional sense. And frankly, I learned a lot of lessons from building that business and really just felt compelled ultimately to focus my attention on helping as many business owners and small businesses uh, grow as, as much as possible, L learning from the stuff I did wrong through my process of building my consultancy and also several of the sales, marketing, and operational techniques that we were using uh, inside that industry. Okay. So I think that most people have some idea um, as to what an entrepreneur is. Um, so you started the society to support entrepreneurs. How do you define an entrepreneur? So ultimately, I, I will, you'll often hear me use the term entrepreneur, and then you'll hear me say, and small business owner, right? I will, I will not generally lump those two together because the best way kind of fundamentally to think about it is a small business owner buys a subway. He opens his subway, he runs his subway for 20 years, and that's his deal. An entrepreneur buys a subway, realizes there's an opportunity to add a pizza place down the street in the same shopping center, then realizes, you know what people need? They need ice cream. And he opens an ice cream parlor. Now, all of a sudden, he owns an ice cream parlor, he owns a subway, and he owns a pizza place. Entrepreneurs really are not necessarily honed into one business. It's their kind of creative spirit and execution, that's the, that's the key part. It's their creative spirit and execution that drives them to continue to do different types of businesses. Small business owners more fall into the category of I've worked a business, I'm starting a business, and I'm kind of working in this one channel. And you know that has a certain degree of safety to it. So that's generally that kind of difference. It's more of the serial aspects of looking at opportunities, filling gaps in the market like cleaning up poop on the uh, subway, if that becomes a thing. Um, you, you, it's those type of opportunities to go, I don't see anybody doing that. Let me start a business to do it, and then I'll move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with the pandemic and, you know, businesses shutting down and a lot of people losing their jobs, um, I keep hearing a lot of stories of that it's a good time for people to start changing their career paths. Do you agree or disagree with that and why? 
Yeah, so I believe that it's a tremendous opportunity. Now, if we look, history, right, tells us a lot of things. So uh, if we look at recessions, we look at crisis, you know, there's a saying, right, never waste a good crisis. It really depends on what side of the fence you're on. Now, if you own the hotel uh, or were on the catering hall, yeah, you might have some challenges. Uh, a movie theater, we, I'm just hearing in our own town that a local chain is considering putting their buildings up for sale. So if you were on the wrong side of the equation uh, in this, you were certainly affected more than other people. If you, if you are a stockholder in Zoom, you might have made out very well in this whole thing. So, so there's certainly a tremendous opportunity because history tells us General Motors was started in a recession. Uh, EA Sports, which makes Madden and, 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 and all the different video games, was started in a recession. MailChimp was started in a recession. Uber was started in a recession. Uh, and it go, the list kind of goes on and on. Venmo, all these companies were started during a time of economic crisis. So if ultimately they can do it, there is a tremendous opportunity for entrepreneurs in the market. And several of the people that we're working with are thriving through the industry because of that. The people that got punished were also people who didn't adapt. So the restaurant owner who didn't want to do online ordering, who didn't want to have a, a good takeout system, they got punished through this process because they didn't take those necessary steps to modernize it, not just prepare. Nobody could have prepared for this. I mean, I was planning a workshop. I was doing a lot of things that were on the calendar before this happened. But putting some of those things in place to modernize their business are the people that were able to kind of reposition and thrive. But there's a yes, there's a tremendous opportunity for entrepreneurs who can serve the market. Right. That's important. Not just have a good idea, but the, the, the idea must serve the market. Mm -hmm. Do you think it takes um, people with a certain type of personality or mindset to be entrepreneurs? Um, <laughs> I think that I well, any, there's a lot of people who call themselves entrepreneurs. There was a time when entrepreneur meant you don't have a job. Right. So we want to. So keeping that in perspective, there's, there's that idea. So from a perspective of being a successful entrepreneur and actually making your business run and work, growing it and possibly selling it, those type of things. Yeah, there's a certain personality. There, there are certain traits associated with that. And, you know, there's a lot of profiles that are dedicated to help people understand, understand their entrepreneurial mindset. Very often, people tell me what they want to do or how bad they want to do it. And then when they're giving tasks to actually execute they don't follow through. So I remember a quick story. I remember a guy that was, you know, he was fascinated with water and he was going to uh, revolutionize the, the world and educate everybody and do all these things. And he was going to put this book out. And I remember saying to him, okay, well, what are you going to do? You need to get out there and hustle, get out. Are you going to go? He, he was in New York. I said, you're going to, are you going to work this? Are you going to work that area? You're going to go downtown and sell that book. He's well, you know, what I'm really hoping is, and this is true, what I'm really hoping is, is that, you know, I'm sending a couple copies to Oprah and I'm figuring that, uh, and, and he was, and he was sitting in my living room, serious as a heart attack. And I'm going to send a couple copies to Oprah and a couple radio shows. And I'm thinking once I get on there, now this guy wrote a book about water, right? So I'm figuring I'll get on there and then that will just blow this whole thing up. Mm -hmm. So there's a disconnect between someone's desire, but yes, you have to have a certain type of personality. That's why they say things like A students work for B students and C students own the company. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. there is a different, there is a different twinge uh, of, of, of risk um, to doing that. 
Okay, Joe, do you want to jump in? Do you have something you want to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it kind of went by what he was talking about earlier. Also, uh, when it used to be that entrepreneurs didn't have a job, those people now call themselves CEOs of their own lives. Um, <laughs> I, I do love that one. So we were talking about how there's opportunities right now and everything that's going on. But obviously, like I would think a lot of people really would have cold feet. I mean, just like here in LA, one of my favorite restaurants of all time, which was doing everything that it could online and stuff like that. They've been here for a hundred years. Pacific dining car. They're gone. There's a lot of really places here that we, we were kind of just icons that are gone. What do you say to those people? Like, 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 how do you tell them, Hey, that opportunity is here. Cause it just seems like I, I would be scared to death to try and do anything. I think a lot of people are, uh, what, what do you say to say, Hey, wait a minute, let's look at this differently. Well, I will say a couple of things. I mean, one of the things that we never know when we hear stories like that, and listen, dude, I hate to lose a favorite restaurant. I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm somebody that likes, I, I like to go where I'm going on Tuesday and order what I'm ordering where they know me. It's like cheers, right? I like that kind of deal. So to lose that is tough. Now, what we here's what we don't know. We don't know how they were leveraged. We don't know how they, what their profit and loss statement looks like, how they spent money, what they overinvested in, or what other things that they did that affected their business, right? So if I had cash sitting in the bank that I wasn't, that I hadn't invested, I'm in a much different position than if I had just gone in on a land deal and tied my money up in something and now we get hit with this. So, so businesses that have gone out hasn't just been about the community not rallying to buy their product or service. It's also what type of leverage you were under. Did you overextend? Were you, you know, again, just involved in other things? So where I say there's a unique opportunity, well, how can I reinvent that? So did that restaurant have recipes that were valuable that could be recreated? Could I go do a co-op kitchen and start cooking again, bring that brand name back and start uh, using a type of co-op kitchen that, could serve Uber Eats and, and, and serve those services. That's something that's happening right now. People who want to open up restaurants or have themes uh, from a food standpoint, particularly ethnic foods, um, that maybe wouldn't support a full-scale 3,000-square-foot restaurant, but they can do these co-op food kitchens and produce, um, produce their product that can still get out into the market. So that mental uh, stomach because sometimes you can't, there's not an answer to every question, right? So sometimes you can't convince somebody. I mean, people have to be in that comfort zone to feel like there's truly an opportunity for them to make an impact. And to do that, you got to look at where people are spending money. What are they investing in? I mean, not a bad gig if I was, uh, uh, you know, I have a colleague who she, she got involved in Zoom education probably a year ago. So she's red hot. She's been on Tamron Hall. She's been on shows. She's she's doing classes. I mean, she's super busy. She became the Zoom queen, right? She just sometimes timing plays a good role in things, but you you have to have that adaptability. I mean, I talk to obviously work with business owners. That's all I do day in and day out. And there's high optimism, but there's cautiousness. There's cautiousness around you know, a lot of the government loans that were made available, people wanting to take those, not wanting to take those. And that's all about where your business is, what your plan is, what type of product or service that you sell. So I encourage people for, for optimism to remain high, but everybody is not, um, to Veronica's point, everybody is not just going to be an entrepreneur. I, I, a guy that was in my building, you know, he knew what I did when I lived in Jersey, he knew what I did. And he worked for Bloomberg. He, he, he said, man, I don't know how you, I don't know how you're out there trying to, 
you know, sell and market and, and manage employees. He said, you know what? I'm employee like 2,622 and I'm perfectly happy doing that. If I could just stay at Bloomberg for 40 years, get my retirement, I have no aspirations. And I have 100% respect for that because I think, to be honest with you, people are told that they need to have their own business and the only way to be successful and job is just over broke and all these other things. And it sends people into the cliff, <laughs> over the cliff of entrepreneurship, and they don't have an idea what they're doing. And they really aren't built for it. And you do need to be built for it, in my opinion, at least. Has anyone ever come to you with a, an idea that's so crazy or bizarre that you just could not get behind that you can share with us? Oh, wow. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, man, I I don't know. <laughs> I. Okay, so there was a guy, um, consequently, this, this, is, this is like an appropriate show for that. He's actually in jail now, um, but, but, but yeah, for, for, something, for something pretty bad. Perfect, and, perfectly the correct show. Yeah. And, and ironically, I didn't know he was in jail until I, you ever had somebody that like tries to talk to you all the time and then stops? And it was, he was like that guy, and I was like, I wonder what happened to him. And I looked him up, and I realized he was... In, in jail for a long time but he had this grandiose idea that um car dealership should be a like amusement park and you would come and like ride roller coasters and and buy cars and do all these things but like you would be this it'd be like going to six flags or something and then and then you'd still sell cars in it yeah the, the face that ian's making yeah it's pretty much that that was kind of but he was a believer and what i what i tell people often is your mind, your subconscious's responsibility is to reinforce whatever you want it to to say, make it a good idea. So whatever that idea, people come to me all the time and they're like, oh, there's a huge market for this. A guy said to me the other day, he said, you know, I've got this slogan and I'm trademarking it and it's going to go on everything. And man, it's a billion dollar idea. And I have to, you know, again, you don't want to be that guy, but my responsibility is to kind of call it like it is. You know, because the next thing after you get past the idea is you ask them, what's the plan? And then it's, you know, well, I, you know, if, if Oprah, <laughs> like, goes back to that point. Yeah. Um, I'll go to you real quick, Pete. But can you tell us about your podcast, Corey, before I hand it over to the panel? Um, you know, where can we listen to it? And, you know, how often do you do episodes and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. So fearless, aptly named fearless entrepreneurship podcast. So it, it's, it's strictly a guest driven show. So I have entrepreneurs on from all different walks of life, some who have, you know, uh, tech companies, uh, some who have mom and pop locations, it's just a great opportunity for people to get insight into kind of what that entrepreneurship life is really like from from everyday people, not the people that are always on the news or, or you know, are covered in magazines, but everyday people, somebody that's right down the street from you now that's running a business and been in business for a number of years. So we stream on all the susp on the channels you would, would assume, uh, Google, um, iHeartRadio, we're streaming on, on Apple Podcasts. So anywhere, Stitcher, we've done a pretty good job of getting it out there to whatever your favorite podcast is, Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast uh, will be there in terms of streaming. Okay. Okay, so now I'm going to hand it over to the panel. So, Pete, you had a question. Sure. Um, again, thank you, Corey, for, for coming on with oh, us today. Oh, my pleasure. Um, clearly, at the beginning of the year, uh, if somebody said that the, the video conferencing industry was going to blow up, nobody would have realized 
that that was true or or realize why, obviously. Um, is there an industry right now that you see as being a really good growth industry that, that, that people that might have uh, the initiative to become an entrepreneur um, should should look into maybe, you know, because because it might have more opportunity? Yeah. So, I mean, what I think right now, what you're seeing right now is anything to me that continues that is virtual based that fills a gap that's been left. So I was having a conversation just a few hours ago and a buddy of mine who used to go to uh, was actually a client who's now a friend, but he used to be big on this Orange Theory Fitness where you go in and do the one-hour class and everything. And, you know, Orange Theory Fitness are notoriously small. They're like shoeboxes because you're just trying to jam in. You're jamming in all these people, but it's in this small space. So obviously for fear of COVID and all these different things, he stopped going. And he said, you know, man, if I could, if there was like a virtual coach, I need somebody to hold me accountable. Like I'm just not going to, the the whole thing, and the thing that really drew me to that workout was the accountability piece. So I have a client who's in fitness. And so right now, a lot of people are not going back to the gym. So one of the things we're talking to him about is creating this virtual mentorship where you are coming on live and doing the coaching. You are doing uh, similar to what, um, what is the, what is the CrossFit does the workout of the day. So instead of workout of the day, you're doing like publish the workout of the week. So create this community because that 49 bucks that people were just spending in the gym, you can get that $49 right now and, you know, replace your income. So now he's got a full-time job. He wants to do this full-time. Now here's a way for him to do it, to go after that market specifically and build his business. So anybody who is uh, doing things of that nature who are, are solving problems in that way from a virtual standpoint or can reach out to kind of support people who are going through <laughs> different different issues is going to be helpful to obviously any products that support that effort as well so everybody's at home what what was sold out we know webcams were sold out we know um, you know people have been scrambling um, you know wh- how do I get lighting what's good lighting all these different things so if you were in that business with an Amazon store or a reseller or a wholesaler of those type of things. If you put together bundles of those type of things, bought those items wholesale, warehouse them, you can resell them for a profit. So there's a lot of different, um, I think a lot of different areas where you're seeing that. We just got a puppy. Um, we're, I'm using a, an app that where the woman comes on FaceTime and is doing the training. So we're using, so I'm seeing those type of services. If you can come to market with that as an opportunity to accelerate and be an opportunity to grow. Thank you. Elizabeth. Uh, what do you think about like Shark Tank basically? I, every time I watch it, I'm like, I don't know how business works at all. But look <laughs> at all these weird products or sometimes good products. I've, I've used, I used the little happy face sponge that they sold on Scrub it. Daddy. Uh-huh. Scrub Daddy, yeah, yep. I use that and uh, seen some interesting stuff. Um, do you think that's helped people understand entrepreneurship more, or are more people like me and I'm like, I don't know how shares and percentages and all that work? <laughs> so, so I would say a couple of things. So, I mean, number one, first and foremost, Shark Tank is TV, right? So, right. it's 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 all about having good television and the things they do to to do that. You know, part of what they talk about is how actually long the pitches on average are that get now edited down to, you know, those few minutes that we see on yeah. television. <laughs> so I think where it's helpful is it 
challenges people on questions that would get asked and things that they should know. So I can't tell you how many times somebody comes to me with an idea and a girl come to me. She wants to do a candle company, a subscription based like a birch box for candles. Not a bad idea. People consume candles. There's a lot of successful Yankee candle company, a lot of successful candle companies. Her spin is mood based. So, you know, and then she would include this extra information like on how to how to utilize it to, you know, she was kind of into the, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, you know, so so it was like a nice idea. OK, great. How much does it cost you to make a candle? I don't know. <laughs> well, I can maybe get a batch and I can pour this many and that many. So so many people don't do the math. So when you look at a Shark Tank, right, yeah. they want, what does it cost to make? Those are questions that a lot, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that want to be in business don't have the answers to. You know, so, you know, what, what are your sales? How are you going to sell it? People will wax poetic to me about how great their product's going to be and have zero strategy on how they're actually going to sell the product. Well, it's Oprah, or, right? You just keep emailing Oprah, and she'll right, eventually well, sell right. you candles. That's that's the plan. That's my it, plan. Yeah. If you build it, they will come, right? It, so, it, so, so I think it's helpful in that way because it 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 also gives people hope and optimism mm-hmm. in different ways. You know, everybody will sit around and go, "I had that idea. I was talking to so and so last year and told him we should do that, and that guy, you know, is now doing it." So I think it creates optimism. It does help people learn more about terms. Mm-hmm. equity percentages uh sales product branding you know when you see them go yeah product uh sounds good but packaging sucks now yeah. people may start to think about that so i think it certainly has opened the landscape to um to what it takes um to you know have the business and potentially grow one and just some key questions that you need to have but also realizing that money will not solve a bad business idea you can throw all the money at it in the world uh, you'll just be burning cash. I love yeah. that entrepreneurs and actors have one thing in common, and it's that their family members and friends will probably walk up to them and be like, I have the best idea for <laughs> It's also also right. sports stars. Also sports stars. You're gonna love it. <laughs> I know you've been I know you've been rehearsing and practicing and like, you know, dedicating your life to this for the past so on years, but I woke up this morning and I'm going to fucking make you famous. Crack, and crack this wide open. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> Just in regards to Shark Tank, I do have to say that one product has improved my quality of sleep, and it's the toilet bowl light. We bought it. Oh. So now in the middle of the night, I don't have to turn on the light switch in the bathroom. Because then I get all disoriented. So Peter bought it. When did you buy it, Pete? A couple weeks ago? Uh, about a month ago now. About a month ago. I, I got to say, oh, it has on. changed my life forever. <laughs> well, I will <laughs> tell you, you have, you have a lot more respect than apparently I do because my wife my wife just, you know, uh, cleans it up afterwards. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it works sometimes. So I I, I, I try. So maybe I will get that light and that will be helpful. You definitely should. It'll yeah, it, it, it really works well. <laughs> Emma. I was wondering, do you have like a method of telling what are good business ideas and which are bad ones? Or is it just kind of a gut feeling type thing? Um, so so one of the things I don't I wouldn't say a method because you also don't want to be on the wrong side of that, right? You bring up Shark Tank. 
if you think back to 11 years, there have been there have been things historically that they've said were terrible ideas and you're never going to make it that have come back and done very, very well. Right. They they told the ring guy that his thing, you know, good luck with that. And he, he cashed out for a billion dollars. They told the guy with the wine that had the lid on it that, you know, uh, Mr. Wonderful said, you'll never make it without me. And now that guy's, you know, that vino in a cup company is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So. I wouldn't put it that way. However, what I do do, so um, aptly I have the title of one of my, my book uh, covered behind me, Entrepreneurship Confidential. In the back of that book, I tell people, I walk people through this kind of 14-step thing, um, 14, such an arbitrary number, but these 14 steps of basically saying, okay, working through your idea to look at the parts that nobody looks at, which is the financial components. Everybody gets excited about how their idea is going to set the world on fire, but they don't go, right, what does it cost to make it? What do I need to live? Uh, what should my profit margin be? Um, how long can I prepare for these expenses? Is there a market right now for my product or do I need to create one? Because there's two distinctly different things you need to do that in, in that area if you're coming into a market to compete or you're trying to be a category of one. So there are exercises and some things that I tried to run people through. Now, my clients are people who really are already in business or are what they love to call particularly out the West Coast pre-revenue, uh, which means they have no money, but they're hoping to make some. But but they typically have, you know, investable capital to actually go for it. So, uh, you know, I don't recommend uh, I don't recommend bootstrapping. I think entrepreneurs do way too much DIY type stuff. And all that does is slow people down. But uh, for those People who are thinking, wondering, do I have a good idea? Yeah, there are some things that we cover, particularly in the book, to try to walk them through that process to, to basically say, hey, is this actually viable? And if it's not, what do I need to do to make it viable? Okay. Um, any more questions for Corey? Um, Ian. I just, some, I just wanted to say, I, the, I was making faces when you were talking about the theme park thing because clearly the, the the correct route is a water park and you can check out my concept and uh contribute to my kickstarter at com. actually you you laugh but the largest toyota dealer the one that sells the most toyotas in la has a full working gym that you can come and go visit yep. they have yoga classes five days a week two full <laughs> restaurants in it uh yep. they're kind of almost there you did, so, you did, you did, and they sell the most toyotas of anybody in la so yeah. go figure I forgot Who's to give you that, that, Joe? What? Biden to save us. What? That's Longo Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah they, they have all that. You can go out. You can go out there and take free yoga classes. Yeah. No. No. But they, but they didn't put you know King Thunder or the Viking Quest or not or, yet or, or, or that in there yet. No. <laughs> and now you know. Maybe. Imagine, the, the, imagine the irony if that guy's on his one hour of TV time. Uh, uh, looking on and and sees that amusement park go up, he's gonna say, "I'll never get out to see it." But I was right. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. It. <laughs> well, Corey, thank you so much for coming on, thank and we're you. gonna have your information on our social media. So awesome. come back anytime. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. You guys are thank plenty you, fun. Get a, bring me on early so I can talk, get into this politics conversation. I like that. <laughs> Some, I want to have right, some back, people. Corey. We love yeah. to have you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you have my email, Corey. <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> okay. Bye. Have a good night. All right. Thank you. You too.
Okay, so today we've talked about pooping. We've talked about entrepreneurship, and now we are moving to bisexuality. What about entrepreneurship? Uh, oh, I'll see myself out. Thank you. Yeah, get, the, get the fuck out of here. Today we celebrate Bisexuality Day, so we thought that the best way to celebrate people who identify as bisexual would be to have an all bisexual quiz. We're calling as time goes by. So Peter is going to ask you a trivia question about a celebrity bisexual, and you have thirty seconds to guess who it is. It's all yours, Pete. Oh, God. Okay, so the way we're going to do this, really, really simple, is that I'm going to ask a question, um, and you guys will have, you know, and, and I'll go to a specific person, and if you don't get it, then the next person can can try and answer it. But the first person only has 30 seconds to answer the question. So um, that's, that's, that's a, a lot of, a a lot of air time. It should be like 10 seconds. Let's make it 10 seconds. Yeah, you're, you're you're damn right. Let's make it fucking interesting. Uh, 10 wait, seconds wait, on the clock. Uh, okay. So 10 seconds. That's it. We're going for it. Okay. So, so here's my first question and I'm, I'm going to go to, let's, let's have, uh, you know, let's have uh, Emma, answer the first question yeah i would have said okay. yes, it was me. this celebrity told the advocate i consider myself bisexual and my philosophy is everyone innately is although she is married to the guy she does those sling tv commercials with who would this be Kristen bell right i'm sorry who would you say Kristen bell Ooh, no, I'm sorry about Kristen that. Kristen Bell is not bisexual. That would actually be uh, Megan Mullally. She, she Megan had Mullally. a Oh, I'm sure. I was, I was supposed to ask somebody else. Hey, there. Somebody else. But raise your hand. She had a freaking answer. That, like, okay, she had a, Emma had I'm an answer. Of it. I wouldn't have added anything. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, it's hard. It's hard asking the question and getting Megan Mullally's fucking picture on the screen at the same time. <laughs> well, get your shit together, Peter. Okay, well, Elizabeth, since you raised your hand, okay. um, you'll get the next question. Alrighty, you ready? This Alrighty. West, uh, this Westworld star tweeted in 2012. I myself am bisexual, and I've always joked about Miley giving me gay vibes. Not a bad thing. Just an observation. Who would that be? Evan Rachel Wood. Is that your final answer? Yes. Well, guess what? You're correct. I that knew is, it. Is who it I is? Knew Evan that. Rachel Wood. I knew that one too. So, um, okay, so let's go, Matt. Let's go to you for this next no, question. No, no, pass. Okay, no, <laughs> oh, I thought you knew all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew on. one. You I knew everything one. about bisexuals. Yeah, yeah, I know everything about I know all about the bisexuals. <laughs> okay, so here you go, Matt. In, in a 1995 interview with The Advocate, this musician said, I think people are born bisexual, and it's just that the, our parents and society kind of veer us off into this feeling of, oh, I can't. Phil you, can also, you can call him straight guy or bi, or we'll just call him an American idiot. Who is this? Oh, 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 It's Matt's turn. Lead from Green Day. What? Say it again. The lead from Green Day. Um, do you know? You don't happen to know his name by any chance? Do you? Well, it doesn't matter. It's Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah, yeah there you go. There you go. One of my favorites. Yes, yes, I technically got it right. You technically got it right. We 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 will give you that one. Yeah, there's no okay. Like so, that, so, that so Joe. Yeah. Joseph, let's go with this one. The model, this model and actress once said, "I'm extremely open with my sexuality. I can be in love with a woman. I can be in love with a man." 
although she's best remembered for dating Kanye and marrying Wiz. Wiz and on who? What? Say again? She, uh, she, uh, she's best known for dating Kanye and marrying Wiz. Wiz Khalifa. I don't know. I really, I'll be honest with you. I don't know who's married to Wiz Khalifa. I'm, I'm fine with that. Anybody else want to? Is, it, is, it is there a rapper named Wiz? Uh, um, Veronica, why don't you take a shot at it? Uh, Amber Rose. Amber, yeah, it's Amber Rose. Is, is that your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> well, you're right. It is Amber Rose. Oh, okay. High five. Right. Veronica, you we need that, that one, one, Veronica. I guess. See, okay, so I'm not all easy. Okay, so um, Ian, Ian. Yeah. You ready? I'm really out of touch with the bye kids. Are you ready though, Ian? Are you ready? No, I'm not, but let's do this. Okay, this is a long one, so be prepared. Oh, this, good. This is like a three-parter. Let's do this. This stage, TV, and movie actor told The Advocate, well, apparently The Advocate gets all the people coming out. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's The Advocate, yeah. man. That's why it's there. That's why it's there. So this, this stage, TV, and movie actor told The Advocate, my sexuality has never been black and white. It's always been gray. I'm with a man, but I haven't closed myself off to the fact that I'm still sexually attracted to women. He also makes movies for guys like his role as Nightcrawler in the original X-Men movies and TV for the ladies with his part as Eli Gold on The Good Wife. Who would this be? It's Alan Cumming. Oh, look at you. You are correct. I Alan love Cumming. Alan Cumming. Oh, he's the Nightcrawler. That's, that's how dorky I am. I was like, oh, yeah, Nightcrawler. He's yeah. X-Men. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So you knew, so you got it from it being, being the Nightcrawler, is that it? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Okay, so um, why don't we go to Veronica? Veronica, bum, bum. here's your question. In, in a 2010 interview with Barbara Walters, this pop and dance music icon and 2017 Oscar winner said that, one, I'm sorry, no, uh, hold on, hold on. I might be wrong on this one. Give me a second. Okay, I'm sorry. In, in, in a 2010 interview with Barbara Walters, his pop and dance music icon and 2019 Oscar winner said that one of her most famous songs is about fantasizing about women while being with her boyfriend. Do you know who this is? Is it Lady Gaga? Is that your final answer? Yes. That is it. It's Lady Gaga. I believe it's Poker Face. Is poker song. Face, yes. Oh, poker is. Face is the song. She poked her face. So everybody thought it was just about a girl playing cards. It wasn't. Yeah, I had no idea. My so, childhood. So uh, let's go back to uh, to Matthew. Oh fuck. So uh, Matt, I'll just um, myself. That's fine. Oh wait, you didn't go. You didn't go yet, Emma. Are you, are you going in order? The first one. Are you going in order the way you did? Oh, no, I'm just winging it at this point. Oh. Okay. Oh, just God. like I, Matt's not going to get this question. Yeah, he, Matt, that's why he picked Matt because it's like Matt won't get this. That's why he picked Matt. <laughs> really? Down the lazy river, like you can't. I'm just winging it on on people I know who are going to fucking fail. This bisexual beauty told told. <laughs> so, <laughs> this bisexual you beauty. You for people in the '90s. Come on. <laughs> I love that I said this bisexual this bisexual beauty, beauty once beside you. Blah, blah, blah. This this bisexual beauty told Esquire magazine, "I think people are born bisexual and then make subconscious choices based on the pressures of society." I have no question in my mind about being bisexual. She recently separated from a three named guy from Beverly Hills to hook up with a three named guy whose name could could be considered triggered. Do you have any idea who that is? Uh, trigger, like, like, 
Lee Harvey Oswald's wife? Like, I, I have no idea who you're talking about. I, I don't know. No, I'm going to pass. No clue. Oh, okay, no. well, how about this? I'll, I'll, let me read that. that the how about this? How about this? It doesn't matter. Well, I'm going to ask you who you want to be. That's my answer. Yeah, I'm giving, I'm, giving, I'm giving the clue one more time. She recently separated from a three-named guy from Beverly Hills to hook up with a three-named guy whose name could be considered triggered. Daniel Day Lewis. It's Megan Fox. Daniel Day Lewis. It's Megan Fox, exactly. No, it's not. It's Daniel Day Lewis. Because she was with Brian Austin Green, and now she's with Machine Gun Kelly. So I didn't know she identified that way. Interesting. There you go. The more you. Okay, so Emma. You're bitching a second ago. Uh, <laughs> this this Oscar-winning actress and least likely person to show up on the Friends reunion show told OK Magazine, I have loved women in the past and slept with them. I think I, if you love and want to pleasure a woman, particularly if you are a woman yourself, then certainly you know how to do things a certain way. Yeah, who, who would this be? Uh, I don't know whether or not she was in Friends, but I'm going to go Kristen Stewart. Is that your uh, your answer? Sure. Do you want me to read the question again? <laughs> okay, no. Just I'm sorry, that's not the correct answer. Kristen um, Stewart's like, is it hard? Does anybody else want to want to take a, a shot uh, at this? Take one? a guess. Oh, uh, yes, Elizabeth. Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie is correct. Damn it! That was. Yeah. See, because she's, she's not going to the French reunion because of the whole Brad Jen thing. See, you get it. Come on, you got to play along on these. Each Wait, question is like a national this, treasure. These are huge leaps. This is my question. This is my question. Is Are they like formerly, formally saying they're bi or are they kind of just... They same, have at some point come out as being bisexual. Okay. Yeah, or are they just hinting to it like Vin Diesel? Label it. These are, these are people... I mean, I don't really bisexual. care. Do whatever you want. You know, right. you got for now, I mean, we got the freedom to do it. So. I, I'm not with them in the room, so I can't tell you. But at some point, they said these things to these magazines no, I know, or, I know. or publications. Uh, so, these questions uh, are a bit of a special. Why don't we go to Joe now? Joe. Okay. He knows all, all about the buys. Oh, this yeah. actress, in an interview with Contact Magazine, said, do I like women sexually? Yeah, I do. Totally. <laughs> I have always considered myself bisexual. I love a woman's body. I think a woman and a woman together are beautiful, just as a man and a woman together are beautiful. We can only assume she'll talk more about her sexuality on her talk show that premiered earlier this month. Uh, that would be uh, Drew Barrymore. Is that your final answer? Sure. You're correct. It's Drew Barrymore. You can't just like throw that name out out of nowhere and not be right, you know? Drew Barrymore. Oh, I mean, in theory, you could throw out anything and be wrong. What? <laughs> wow. So uh, let's let's go to Ian now for this yeah, one. This is great. I've learned so much tonight. You're learning. You're learning about because we are celebrating bisexuality right yeah, now. Can I give you some fun trivia, Angelina Jolie trivia? My yeah, mommy doesn't yeah, believe yeah, in bisexuals. Give us some fun, Angelina Jolie. This is great. Trivia. Some little trivia. She was Tomb Raider. No. <laughs> really? no. Twice. Twice wow. she was Tomb Raider. Yeah. Okay, so Ian, Ian, I can guarantee you the answer to this next question isn't somebody who was Tomb Raider. Uh, This comedian... It's not Alicia Vicklander. It's not Alicia Vicklander. This this comedian turned actress who starred in the show All-American Girl was a singing poodle on TV last year 
told Out Magazine, I like the term queer too, but I think bi is more elegant. Bisexuality feels good. It's perfume ads. It's very elegant. I have no ever who that is. No, anybody else? Oh, wait, okay. It's, God, it's, Elizabeth. It's Margaret Cho. Okay, and that is correct. It's Margaret Cho. I was going to say the oh, Iron Lady. I was thinking all married. I think it was like a recent show. And she, no, and she, she was, had it in the she 90s. Was, it was really she good. was on The Masked Singer last year as a poodle. Oh, mm-hmm. oh she, yeah. yeah. She was a poodle. See, yeah, you know, like, right. you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to just give you the whole thing. Yeah. You're trying, but the, the, it's, still, it's, it's still so, like a mouse. Uh, so why don't we go to uh, Veronica now for the next question. Um, Veronica... Um, hold on. I'm, I'm, I have to keep pulling the graphics. It's cheating. Um, you guys came up with the questions together. No, no, no. Actually, no, what, did I, Veronica, what did I tell you earlier today? What no, I said we don't read the questions, and I did not. See? And I trust my <laughs> wife. So, um, okay. By the way, really quick, is there a rape happening next next door to us? Do you? There might that? be a rape. It's definitely a super spreader event. I don't know if it's a rape. Okay. A rape? Like something like that. A rape okay. anybody, or a if rape. anybody lives near us in Woodland Hills and will call the police to tell them that there's a super spreader event on Marmal Drive, please. Hey, <laughs> well, I'm, just come on. Why okay, so, okay. Right, oh, we need Veronica. to edit that. We need to edit that out before you have a whole bunch of Catholics coming over with bats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a big street. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not hard to figure out. It's not hard to figure out which one. Not that hard to figure out. Each one always have a town. It was okay. So here we go. Like that one. This Grammy-winning hip-hop artist was also a ghostwriter for artists like Justin Bieber, John Legend, and Brandy. I was amongst amongst the thousands of people who can claim to have been jumped by Chris Brown. When asked whether he was bisexual by GQ, he answered, I'll respectfully say that life is dynamic and comes along with dynamic experiences. Do you know who this is? Stephen King. I have no idea. I want. I want to say I know who it is, but I can't think of anybody. Anybody right else? Off my head. Anybody is, else? It, is it Pharrell? No, it's not Pharrell. Nelly? No. J- Jason Derulo? It's Frank. Uh, Mark Frank Ocean. Wahlberg. Oh, Frank Ocean. oh, I knew it. Frank Ocean. He was. He was jumped by. Uh, who is it? Frank Ocean. Well, like. Huh. There are a lot of people that have been jumped by Chris Brown. Let's, I mean, like that's that, 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 thousands. That doesn't help. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> okay, that's not a good... this is an easy one, so I'm going to give it to Matt. Shoot. The fuck? Wow. <laughs> hey, you know, Matt, I want you to get one right. I'm, I'm All right, I mean, I, I got technically, I got one right already, but yeah. Just say <laughs> Kristen Stewart. It'll work sooner or later. Kristen Stewart. You know what? I purposely Kristen didn't use Stewart. Stewart. Okay, so this one's really easy, Matt. Everybody else will jump at this one. This former Disney star and current OnlyFans favorite came out simply by tweeting yes to a fan asking whether or not she's bisexual. Do you know who we're talking about, Matthew? Lindsay Lohan. Shia LaBeouf. No. Um, Anybody else want to jump in? I got it. It's Bella Thorne. (laughs) Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne. I didn't realize I Well, I didn't realize all these, like... All these folks were bisexual. That's cool. I wasn't done, but thanks. Whatever. <laughs> you had other thoughts? I mean, you're the one who wanted 10 seconds. So. I had a list. Yeah. I had a list. And I still had four more seconds, Emma. All right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, exactly. You're like so okay. sorry to interrupt. It's okay. I will let that pass. Even I used though, to have a, so I'm going to count that point as mine. 
who whenever he was was mad and didn't want to admit that he was wrong about something would go like this. He would say, I'm sorry, like that. Because <laughs> just because he knew it would annoy me, and now he's dead. So <laughs> let's see who won. Um, actually, that was like very sad. He was very guy sad from Seinfeld. So Elizabeth, since since you've been yeah. doing the, the best today with this, I'm going to give you the final question. And this, again, is a really easy question, okay? Sure. This music industry giant who signed Janis Joplin, Santana, Bruce Springsteen, Chicago, Billy Joel, Kenny Loggins, Whitney Houston, Ace of Bass, Aerosmith, and Alicia Keys said in his memoir, The Soundtracks of My Life, um, that the the adage that you're either straight or gay or lying, but that uh, there's an old adage that you're that you're either straight or gay or lying, but that's not my experience. To call me anything other than bisexual would be inaccurate. Who are we speaking of? Uh, Clive Davis. That's correct. It's Clive Davis. So that uh, so you've uh, you were definitely you know the most about bisexuals. Yeah, congratulations, Elizabeth. I, I'm congratulations, Elizabeth. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm surprised there was no Amber Heard. That's all I got to say. I, you know what? I didn't want to go with Amber Heard. I think <laughs> she'd be too easy. You know what? I'm, I'm yeah. proud I didn't win this contest because I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I, I met Amber Heard, and I can tell you she's she's not easy. <laughs> well, I'll be exclusive today on TMR. I know. That's yeah, a really I'm awesome situation. Y'all should come work with me and get Ooh, the dirt. You have way too many exclusives here. Why well, they didn't do this on your show today? I mean, this is a great, um, a great game. No, we talked for like forty-five minutes about cars. But we're gonna get so famous, we're gonna have to start saying <laughs> I still allegedly. Couldn't get her back to my Comic Con. We, we are gonna have to. Start I couldn't get her allegedly. back to my Comic Con hotel room, but we did oh, talk about her Mustang. Well, I listen. I don't care what anybody tells me i know there's a million podcasts out there but find me one that talks about people shitting on a train then entrepreneurship and then bisexuals i don't think it exists you haven't haven't heard about the poop chronicles peter it's a great podcast no (laughs) so with that we say good night tonight (laughs) that's our show for tonight we'll see you back here again tomorrow at 6 p.m Um, Tomorrow we're going to be talking about millennials and Gen Z and some of the issues affecting them today with our guests. So we'll have that information up on our Instagram. Bye, everyone. Have a good night and stay safe. Happy Visibility Day, everybody. Bye. Happy Bisexual Day. Literally, bye. Bye.